0: best days are still ahead of you. Just savor that for a moment. Think about the power of that truth for just a moment, especially as we walk through so much uncertainty, so much pain, so much confusion and adversity in this season. Trust in the truth that your best days are ahead of you. Welcome back to another episode of the Grown Man podcast. My guest today is Darius Sneed. Darius has been a longtime buddy of mine back to our high school days, but he is a incredible performing artist, a cr- incredible musical artist. An amazing communicator, uh, pastor. We'd like to call him Bishop Snead. <laughs> and he goes, Bishop, in this podcast in a powerful way. We talk about the importance of creativity in our identity as men, the importance of the voice of a father, how a mentor can also be an important voice in our lives as we seek confirmation, affirmation, and empowerment to go be who God created us to be, that and so much more in this episode of the Grown Man Podcast. If you wanna learn more about what Darius is up to, you can go to darissneed.com and check out uh, all of the stuff that he's working on there. Uh, You can check him out on YouTube. Uh, You can also go hunt down his music on Spotify. And I'm telling y'all, Casey and I constantly listen to Daris' music. He's got a really amazingly unique sound to his music, but man, he's got powerful messages, powerful scripture, uh, powerful reminders in every song that he puts out. So go check out Darius Sneed. And before you do that, let's jump into today's episode with my man, Bishop Sneed. So Darius Sneed, Sneedium, (laughs) welcome back to the show because the technical difficulties were on take two. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> of this episode. So uh now we should bring the fire, we should bring the heat on That's this one. That's right. Yeah, we, we got a got second, second chance at it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's right. Thanks so much for coming on the show, brother. bro thank you for having me. I'm excited.
0: I'm excited too. You know, we're recording this as you are doing some really cool things just to help Ooh. be an inspiration and encouragement. Uh, as we walk through, you know, all the, all the COVID pandemic, all the adversity that we're facing as a country and as a nation, right. uh, but you call LA home. Yeah. Uh, so can you tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that, that you got cooking just to be a resource to some of the folks there in your community?
1: Yeah. um, I mean, even before this, I recorded so much music and and music videos that were kind of going to pair alongside of this. And when COVID-19 came, we didn't realize that we had already scheduled for this stuff to come out and to do it. Um, So we were going to just release the song and release the music video. Uh, But there was an opportunity to partner with a local organization here in Los Angeles. Um, It's an initiative ran by Oasis Church in LA under Pastor Julian White. So, um, but it's called Hope at Home, and what they do basically is they help people that are in need financially or um, with any kind of practical needs such as uh, rent or food or whatsoever, groceries. So every week, they've been giving close to five to $7,000 to families or to uh, individuals that need help in some kind of way during the season of you know, COVID-19. So... Um, in my head, I'm like, that's a no brainer. Um, one, because God has blessed so much. Like, I still have my job, I'm not lacking. And I think in this season, to just sit on our hands and not help other people who are in need and not even try to put ourselves in those situations and go, that could be me. It could happen to anybody. I think the thing that I think about overall with this COVID 19 thing is that it was no respect to a person, mm. anybody could have got hit. Not just the poverty, the poverty line that's below the line, it's anybody could have got hit. And so that could have been me in that position in need of provision. And if I can help and give in some kind of way, even with my talents and take the focus off of, you know, exactly here's my music, it's coming out. and let's pair it and let's put focus on really helping people because it's a lot of energy that'll come around that. And so. That's what we're doing, man. We're going to serve in that way. So myself, a couple of organizations, I know we just partnered with you guys also, um, scaled up and with P46 and and Casey. But um, a couple of organizations come together. and We're going to match every share of this concert with $1. Um, And so, so far, it looks like uh, the organization's committed to close to $1,200 altogether um, that we'll be able to send hope at home so that they can serve those people. So I'm excited. It's amazing, man. That's amazing.
0: I asked about that to kick off this podcast because one of the things that I admire about you that is absolutely a character trait of a grown man is Mm -hmm. that you use this platform that that God has given you that that you've worked in tandem with God to create right Mm -hmm. use these talents and skills that you have uh, truly in service of other people in service of your community. Where do you think you learned that? Like, that's not, I don't think, always an innate thing for us to just step up and serve that way. Right, right. Where do you think you picked that up?
1: Uh, Mostly from how I grew up and just uh, my dad is a big giver. My dad challenged us to be big givers. We would be in the backyard playing baseball, basketball, and he was already so intent on making sure that we had a space for people to come and engage with us. So, you know, even if that was taking kids to baseball practice and getting them home and the community that I grew up in, in Madisonville, in Cincinnati, it was, there were so many talented people around, but yet they didn't have the love and support. And so we got to watch that. Like we had a front row seat all the time to that, grilling out and say, like, yeah, they can get a hamburger and stuff, take it home, juice. you know, it's like, so my dad was just that kind of person and shout out to my dad, D. Sneed, the senior, um, <laughs> but I think in general that's probably like overall it was a thread through our family. My grandma Sneed is the same way, just always helping people, giving, 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 and so it's just kind of been ingrained in me. And um, I try to carry that out too, also in my life.
0: Yeah, have you talked with your dad about that? Like that that you learned that from him?
1: Yes, time and time again. Yeah, really? we've had we've had conversations just recently. Uh, we were talking about, I said, Dad, you know, I really, I was talking about just one day I want to start a family, and one day I want to do this, but I said, I want to do it like you did with us, because you were so intentional about certain things, one, about faith. He did not play with it was like, you're going to get up whether you feel it or not. We're going to church. <laughs> yeah. And I love that because although we had the opportunity, he never made us go, you gotta, you got to have this relationship with Jesus. But he created the space for us to engage with it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um and it's like he there was big he was big on giving back. That was huge. Um, we're going to take care of anybody that comes through his doors. If people need a place to sleep, they'll be here. If they need a place to eat, they'll be here. If they need a ride, they'll get it. So, you know, those values like that and then honoring one another in our family and loving one another, like some of the first people that you need to love before you go out into the world and love people um, is people at home. You know, so okay. that was huge, and then also being a great steward of what you have. My dad was keen on that, so we talked about that. I was Like, dad, those are things I want to instill into the next generation when I get the opportunity to. So, yeah, I, I love I love honoring him in that way.
0: Oh, that's amazing, man! I bet your dad just like melted when you shared that with him. Like, well, like <laughs> what more could you ask for as a father than to hear, oh, "Dad, man. you did amazing," and I want to I want to do what what you did, and yeah, I can damn. attest to. I've met your dad a handful of times, and every single yeah. time, I'm just like, man, that man is different in just the right way. You know He's the I mean? right,
1: right, and the right way, yeah. And we didn't always have the best relationship. Mm-hmm. There were moments where I did things that probably we were not honoring to him, especially mm-hmm. when I got to my later teenage years and became really stubborn and independent in many ways. Um, and I remember one time, I really made him mad. I left our home church and went somewhere else. And I didn't really consider how he felt about our family. The church I grew up in was a family church. I just left. And I know that upset him because it was like, you constantly keep doing this against the grain. But um, shortly after the, the heat had gone down, having that conversation together to go, I'm sorry, and I want to honor you and I want to be a better son. And these are the things that. I do value. I saw the importance of what that did for him in that conversation. That was in 2010, December the 5th, actually, to be exact. I remember it because it was such a marking moment where I got to honor him and tell him how much he meant to me. And he got to say, I want to empower you as my son to go out and take everything that I instilled in you. So that father-son relationship is so important. And um, it's important for us to go back and say thank you and carry out that legacy.
0: I think that's really important that you bring up, like, you know, you and I share the fact that we have great relationships with our parents. Yeah. Um, but I was the same way, man. Like, I, yeah. I, I definitely damaged my relationship with my folks in probably the same years <laughs> you did, <Yeah>. or similar <laughs> years, and, uh, and, and like, really neglected what I took for granted what I had. Mm -hmm. um, in them as examples, as people that just were always there for me and love, loved on me. And I think it's easy to see now where, where, you know, we, we do have great relationships. It's not without its moments where it's not easy. That doesn't mean that just because they were amazing parents. So we didn't have our differences and yet still like, it takes investment of time and energy to fully capitalize on all the richness and joy that is in those
1: relationships. Exactly. Yeah, I'm with you, man. It is so important. It is so important to get in that perspective. And too, you don't realize the importance of the voice of a father. You Mm. just don't realize it. When you look at scripture and you see the moment when Jesus is getting baptized by John the Baptist, and then he said that the clouds split up and the dove descended from the sky, and then you hear God basically Empower his son and say, this is my son. And it was like confirmation, affirmation, and empowerment all the same mm-hmm. time. And it's like, that is, if Jesus needed that. We need that too. And so I'll never forget, this was about four years ago. I went home because I was so torn. There were a couple of things that people have their ideals about what your life needs to be like. I call it incarceration. People will incarcerate you on basically how they see you. Based off of the gifting and talents that you presented to them, they would keep you in a box, and I felt so closed in. And I went home, and my dad, we went fishing because that's just what we did. You know, that's where we really, really had that father son bond. So when we were out in the lake, he really looked at me, and he said, "Darius, whatever you want to do, I got your back," and that's all I needed to hear. Because Mm -hmm. as soon as he said that, that empowered me. I knew that he had my back and anybody out here could curse me, tell me I wasn't nothing, anything, but it didn't matter. It was like, I got the only person I need in my corner to go ahead and do what I need to do. Despite all the adversity, despite all the challenges, I got the voice of the father. So, man, it's just so important to have that. That's super powerful,
0: brother. I think like, especially today where, you know, some people listening might be walking through experiences where they've lost their job. Yeah. Or they've lost clients if they're a business leader or um, they're they're struggling to have that same level of connection with their family yeah. or friends or community right. that they yeah. had before. And just yeah. what a great reminder that that confirmation, affirmation and empowerment, empowerment. Yeah. <laughs> comes from the Lord <laughs> yeah. and that Jesus needed it. So you better yeah. believe that we need it, too. Right? Exactly.
1: Yeah, it's that is so true. It's so true. I'm thinking about that in so many different ways. And to whoever is listening, maybe you don't have an actual blood father. I know that's a, a big case in our world. So many people don't have fathers uh, that you got to see a great model and have that relationship. But I want to encourage you to get mentors. I have spiritual mentors and mentors in and, and, and a business and people who are constantly speaking life into me that are able to give me that affirmation and confirmation. And so um, it doesn't stop there and it's not over for you to have that voice, but I do not want to cover that because I know sometimes yeah. you can say, to people like, well, I didn't have that. But people are available to speak into your life and to give you that what you need.
0: Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about that for a second, because I think that's super important. Like um, uh, you talk about like you have spiritual mentors, mentors in the business. How did you develop those relationships? What, what did that look like?
1: You know what? I think what I did was in myself, there are a few gifts and talents that I know. And there's also a vision where I want to be. And I love watching different videos or reading books or, or podcasts, listening to podcasts and hearing people speak. And when I identify that that's what I want to be like, I want to be like that person, I would just reach out to them mm. because something in my spirit, identified with where they are and I know that that's where I want to go. And so, um, some of that happened in that way. Another way is, man, I literally just would pray and ask God, send the right person. Lord, you know where I, I lack, you know, my defense, you know, all these things, but send the right person my way so that I can really submit and learn what it means to grow in this area. Um, so it's big. It's a humbling thing too. Like no one wants to say, I'm not good at something. You may have the base talent to get there. Like I know that I can create a vision, and you can t- There's uh, come in this room, I'm going to give these ideas. I need you to create a, you know, a six-month you know, business plan vision. I can do that in a heartbeat. I can tell you, oh, we have this idea, and this month we'll do this, we'll do this. But st- strategy on how to get there with wisdom and, and everything else and considering metrics and marketing, I'm lost. And so having those people that help me go, setting a budget, all that stuff, you know what I mean? Having those people that have been there to say, this is how you do it, this is how you get there. It's so key. So it's important to acknowledge where you need to come up at, and to get those people around you that build into you that way.
0: Yeah, it's so powerful because it, you you nailed it. I mean, you guys can't see me, but I'm like aggressively nodding my head as, <laughs> as Darius <laughs> is talking about that because uh, uh, Bishop Snead got us. Uh, <laughs> but I, you know, I think I think what's powerful about what you just shared is so many times I, when we talk about mentorship, I think so many people think. Uh, well, I don't I just don't have the confidence or courage to reach out to that person. Like I'm not ready to have a conversation with that person. I wouldn't even know what to ask them. And in reality, that's exactly the right place to be, right? To be able to say, man, I'm not equipped to have a conversation with them about finances because they're I I admire so much what they've done financially. And yet that's exactly how you need to approach them, right? Is to literally say Man, I'm not even equipped to ask you the right question about finances, yes, yes. but I'd love to learn from you. C- exactly. Could you spare the time? And what what would that look like? You know yes, what I mean? And just open man. the conversation.
1: Yeah. Being in that place is so good. And the best leaders, the great influencers of our time are people who surround themselves with people that were better than them at something. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it says something about, one, how confident you are in yourself and who God has crafted you to be, but also to know that there are things that I can take in from other people that will make me better Mm -hmm. and make me better. Steve Jobs didn't become who he was because he was constantly in his own thoughts. He had people around when he first started that were incredible at engineering and tech and the business realm, and they helped him get there. And even when his company tanked, it was like those same people still calling you higher. Um, the best singers of our time. Aretha Franklin didn't become a great singer because she was by herself. No, she became great because she had her dad who was a great singer. and The Clark sisters, they were surrounded by a musical community, Motown, and all these people in Detroit that pushed them further. And that ins- inspires greatness. And the thing that's beautiful is every person is wired differently. Every person has been fashioned differently. But when you open yourself up to really grow, I think that's the part where it separates the men from the boys. A kid will sit and complain about, I'm so good at this. I'm so good at this. I don't need anybody else and still be at this level. But if I want to go to level D and I'm at level A and I'm trying to go further, then I need to get the people around me that are going to pull those things out of me, make me better and push me into destiny. And that's why many people just stay at this level because we're afraid to admit when we're wrong. I've had conversations with you before. I'll never forget when you called me back in 2000. I got all these dates. I have landmark dates. But that was in 2016 when you called me. It's like, okay, dears, this is where you are. Okay, let's help you get here. Here's, I want to connect you to this. And it's like, I had to humble myself and go, yeah, I'm not good at saving money. I'm not good right here. And now I'm doing a lot better because of those conversations. So Mm -hmm. It's it's an opportunity to become the best you that you can be by inviting people into that space. It may hurt. It may be painful, but it's good pain.
0: <laughs> Amen, brother. Wow, that's powerful. I yeah. think, you know, you talk about um, a couple examples in there, right? Aretha Franklin, the mm-hmm. Clark sisters, mm-hmm. and Sarah Sneed.
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> talk, talk to me about, you know, for, for the folks that that don't know, you are an incredible artist. Uh, I, I was sharing with you before the call, like Casey and I listen to your music almost constantly. Like it's in the daily, the daily routine for really? sure, man. And it's, it me out. it's what I you know, I don't have a musical bone in my body. Uh, but I can recognize greatness. Uh and one of the things I appreciate so much about your music that Case and I always like, we'll have songs that we we go back and listen to again. Best Days is one of them for me, just like immediately, like go back, listen to that again. Because what you write, the message in the music is so powerful. And one of the things that we've talked about before um is you're you're incredibly musically talented but you're a creative even beyond just the music side of what you're doing. Right. And you believe in creativity even beyond uh, just musical performance. Right. So talk to me about kind of what creativity looks like in your life and where that kind of heart for the creative element uh, in your world came from.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, man, I love music. I grew up around it every day. That's what I love. And I developed that love for it. And, the one thing that I value about music is that music is so broad and it speaks to many people. It's the universal language to get people to go, oh, man, you know. And so growing up and being exposed to, I, I was classically trained first before I even sang a church song. Mm. Um, so there were so many different things that like i I experienced. But one thing I learned when creating music is that I need to create space in order to be more creative. Um, when you don't create space, when you don't carve out time, when you don't carve out time to engage with other things, it keeps you limited. Um, and I just didn't want to be limited. I wanted to create more space and I wanted to have opportunity to engage with other things that would make my music even better. And when you come to that realization, especially as an artist, but I think it's with anything, um, when you come to realization that it's more than just doing the actual act of something like for instance, for me, it's singing and creating music, writing a song. Okay, when I write that song, and I want this to be my life, mm-hmm. how do I creatively make that my life? And there are so many things that go into it. It's more than just being a writer. It's more than just recording it. It's having the eye to develop the marketing. What are the colors? What are the brand? What's the brand going to look like? How are we going to engage? What's the plan going to be? How are we going to engage people with this? How are we going to get people to listen to it? You know, all these different things. Yeah. Um, whether the What's the concert going to look like? Okay, tour. How are we going to do the tour? How are we going to creatively raise this money to do the tour we don't have backing? Like, it's so many different pieces around it. And when you create that space and get quiet, it's amazing. Something that came to me the other day that I'm learning, especially during this COVID-19 season, is that we are most creative in uncertainty. We are most creative in uncertainty. And the reason why I came to that is because I remember the moments when I was the brokest that I ever was, but I was pursuing my dream. And I remember in the small things how creative I was so that I could eat, so that I could make money to get to the next moment. When, and when we don't know where things are going to come from, we get creative. We get That's in anything. And so in this moment, I find myself being in a space of uncertainty when it comes to what music I'm making how I'm going to get it out and all that stuff and mm. I think it's important to always create space where we are setting bigger goals for ourselves because there's a, there's a gap of uncertainty there where if we're doing something that's tangible all the time we don't really we get used to it and we don't really challenge ourselves to become open and create that space to be creative and so mm. make big goals so that the uncertainty can develop and you become more creative in that in that space
0: that's amazing man. I I love just the practicality of that too of yeah. that idea like I think um it it's it's interesting like I have a I have creativity in me not from a musical perspective but in some yeah. of the other design and writing work that we do um and from an entrepreneurial perspective. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I think like from a discipline like you have to pair that with the discipline of like go out and and make it happen, right? Like go do something about it. It's not enough to just know that you have those skills, but work those muscles, like get better at that craft and then go deploy that craft in a way that can bless others, that can create a business model, that can create sustainability around it. And And I think like there's a ton of stigma around like the creative that is just romantic about their craft, Right. Right. Like, so, so talk to a little bit, and I know you have a specific heart for this, right?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Talk to us
0: a little bit about like, if there's an (laughs) aspiring creative listening to, to this podcast that hasn't quite broken through or hasn't figured out like what those next steps are to be able to really pursue their craft in a powerful way, like, how would you encourage them?
1: Yeah, I'm surrounded by that constantly. Mm. And I think I was that for so long is you want when you're creative in your own room in your own world that we create <laughs> we create these <laughs> these worlds that we live in and i literally have conversations about this uh with the artist i'm currently working on because he work working with to help develop his like artistry in the beginning season but he's so unique and he's so creative mm-hmm. and the way he thinks about things are like wow to get there yeah. you know constantly just amazing um And it's developing new values though, because Mm -hmm. again, if you want to do this for life and you don't want to work the nine to five at Forever 21, no, not to, that's what you feel called to do. I want to work in retail fashion, then that's yours. But if you're doing this so that you can just provide and you're trying to do music full time, you have to develop new values Mm -hmm. and things that aren't valuable to you at the moment doesn't mean that they're not bad, but you have to start engaging with that in order to see the change. Mm. So my encouragement would be develop new values. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Practically, that looks like um, you know many things. Um, and so say, for instance, we got some great people out here who are are writing music, writing music, and the entitlement kind of comes to you that because my mm. music is so good to me, anybody should want to listen to this. Anybody should want to just jump in, but it's not the case. You have to develop uh, a value of of developing a relational aspect with people that are following you and fans. Mm-hmm. Develop um, an honor to those because the fans are the ones that keep you going. They buy the they buy the songs. They do all the stuff. You have to develop a love for creating other aspects to come alongside of you putting the song out. So, is that a podcast? Is that A blog is that other opportunities to fan the flame for something. I don't know if you've ever heard this before, but when I lived in Orlando, I lived near Disney. And so that's a big company all the time. That's just everywhere. And um, I was told that at the time they have a big tank in their sales and people engaging with the park in January because it's the winter months of Florida and it's actually cold there. So what their sales department came up with this idea was let's actually create some energy to happen in these months so that we don't keep seeing these huge sale tanks. Mm. So they created those marathon races and uh. they they do them here in California and also in Orlando. And I believe they just started doing them in their international locations also. Mm. So they found out that so many people wanted to engage with these races where they Their sales were actually peaking above their summer months for like family vacation time. Wow. Every year in January. And I remember there was a lady that I knew in Houston that had reached out and said, hey, could you pick us up in the airport? We're going to do this race. I'm like, that's eight months from now. People were planning. I got to be a part of this marathon race. And um, what the term they used was called, we're entertaining growth. And so I love that term because right, what that does for me as an artist is not only do I have a great product that I believe in, but how do I entertain the growth? How do I develop values to entertain this song so that it's not just left out there and I'm just saying magically I'm going to put it up through the distributor, all right, blow on it, do well. Mm. You know, I pray that God blesses it like that, but that's not that's those overnight stories are very far and few between. Mm. So I think that's a big part is developing a love and values and different ways to engage them. Engage them how you do it too. Your Mm. thing may not be Let's get on Instagram live and do a conversation. Mm-hmm. But maybe your thing is like, I like writing letters. So why don't you write letters to, your, to the people that follow you? Develop loyalty. I could go on and on about this. But like, you know, I'm like, entertain the growth.
0: <laughs> entertain the growth. I, lo- I love that too, because it, it really, you know, Disney came from a place of how do we serve our people? right? Like mm-hmm. ultimately it came from a place of, we have a problem we need to fix. Mm-hmm. How do we create something that is unique yes. that could be something that people could really latch onto and enjoy and right. look forward to. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they, mm-hmm. they, they really came up with a creative solution that was focused on creating a unique experience for that people would love, you know? Right. Yes. And I think, you know, one of the things that you and I have talked about before that I think is so powerful is, you don't necessarily have to be a, you know, quote unquote creative type to be creative, right? right. Like
1: Chad right. Howe,
0: who you know well, my business yes. partner. <laughs> I love him. Uh, he's not, he wouldn't necessarily classify himself as a creative type, right? He's not a designer. He's not a writer necessarily, right. um, but he's a creative entrepreneur. He's right. a creative communicator in the way that he builds into other people and in, yes. in relationship. Yes, uh, like you can be innovative and creative outside of music or design or, or any of those arenas as well. Damn and I think, way, frankly, if I'm being real challenging <laughs> to the crew that's listening, I think men are called to be creative. Yes. If we're meant to lead. We have to be willing to be creative and innovative, especially right. in times of adversity like we're walking through right now.
1: Oh my gosh, yes. We are called The days when we didn't have any of this media stuff, people were the most creative. The most yeah. creative, the inventions. you know. I was watching the self-made um, biopic of uh, Madam C.J. Walker on Netflix. Mm. Um, and it was so cool because she took, the ideas and remedies that she was, she had lost her hair. So she's like, I need to do this and I can duplicate this and I can make this. That was like an ongoing thing back then it's like we're creating we got to find new stuff we we cars and you know mm. electricity and all the things we have today was because there was this like constant like hunger for creating and mm. it wasn't limited to just music it was all across the board mm. somewhere along the way we have classified again this whole incarceration thing where we basically incarcerated this people into you're not a creative and you are creative if you do music and you stand on the stage or something. Mm-hmm. And it's not fair because everyone is creative in their own right. Um, and it takes creativity for Chad to develop a new system. Um, when mm-hmm. the COVID-19 came for the business, it takes a creative to, you know, be able to reorganize a whole program. It takes a creative to develop how are we going to get um, stimulus checks out to the whole nation. You know yeah. what I'm saying? it, yeah. it takes creativity yeah. to do that. So I think it is so important to realize that although many people would say that I don't operate in the office of a creative, I get what you're saying when you say that. But don't ever knock the fact that in every person, God has made you unique and you are creative. Mm -hmm. I
0: love that, brother. I think that's so powerful. Talk to me about... um... One of my favorite songs of yours that I've listened to before, so this is going to be a selfish question, Uh, but that I've I've talked about a couple of times on here already is the song Best Days. Yes. Uh, Talk to me a little bit about like when you go into writing that song or any song, like how do you, how do you even start writing a song like that? You know, Uh, and like specifically with that song, like what were you walking through uh, that you were trying to express or, or teach from or learn from as you were writing that song?
1: Yeah, man, I'm putting more language to that. Even today, I've had a lot of time in my head over the last few weeks. And when you write a song, it's an initial feeling of like best days. I was feeling so down, abandoned, frustrated about where I was in my career. And, I knew the truth, but I wasn't holding on to it. And, you know, and I had to declare something. You know, The Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. Well, I had to encourage myself in the Lord and say, yeah, my best days are here. My worst days are behind me. I'm holding on to hope. I'm holding on to the fact that Jesus said in this life, you will have trials, but take heart. Take heart. I overcame the world. So mm-hmm. it's like these little things that We hear often, but it wasn't really what I was engaging with and that I was grasping onto. But I wrote that song because I wasn't having the best day. I wasn't Mm -hmm. having the best couple of days. And truth be told, this last couple of weeks have been very hard mentally for me. And Mm -hmm. I've been walking through some tough stuff. And I've had to go back and listen to my own song and encourage myself in the Lord that my best days are really ahead. And... When you come in from, from that perspective, you're not ignoring pain, you're not ignoring grief, but you develop a perspective, though, even though I am in a rough season right now. I'm not going to stay in this season. Mm -hmm. My grandma always used to say to me, storms will come, but they got to pass over. And it's true. Mm. (laughs) They do. Mm. They do. They really do. They won't last always. So that is the meaning behind that song. And um, I pray like even in this concert that we're about to do, I'm going to actually, here's a sound, I'm going to be starting the concert off of that song. And that's the message I want everybody to feel when they encounter me is that, yeah, he's real, but also... He's holding on to Jesus and he's holding on to hope and I can do the same thing.
0: Amazing, man. Well, I, I didn't even know necessarily that that's what you were walking through with that song. Yeah. But man, it's, it has spoken to me in so many seasons of my life where I'm not having great days. Yeah. Uh, and being able to just claim that promise. Like, it, yes. I'm, like it's like worshiping God in a sense of I'm going to claim the truth that I know Yes. Lord, that you're not done here. That, I'm not you know, done. that Guggenberger always says the story isn't over yet, right? It's not yeah. over,
1: right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's yep. powerful, man. Yeah, well, man. D, I love your music, man. You got a new single out right now. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, definitely. The
0: people need to go check out. It's called You. Uh-huh. And, yeah. uh, if you search for Darris Sneed on Spotify, you'll hunt yeah. him down. I'm sure they'll hunt that single down. Yeah. Uh, definitely. I'll have everything linked up in the in the show notes. But, man, if people want to, Learn more about what you're up to, keep in touch with you, keep tabs on on what you're doing creatively. Where would you send them?
1: Yeah, uh, you can go to my website. It's darrisneed.com. That's D-A-R-R-I-S-S-N-E-E-D.com. And there you'll find um, my music. You'll find more about me, some of the initiatives, the blogs, all kinds of things to interact with. Going to be starting a YouTube channel soon, all these different things. um, And then also direct links to my music. So, yeah, that's how you can reach me.
0: It's amazing, man. Darius, I, I love just uh, the wisdom that pours out of you in such a humble way. Like yeah. I've admired that since really we were in high school together, right? Just, uh, yeah, just your your joy that you bring to any room that you're in, regardless of what might be going on in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and man, that comes through in your music, just the unique sound that you have. So appreciate you being in service of us today on the podcast, but mm-hmm. also in everything that you're you're doing, man. I love you, brother.
1: Curry, thank you so much for having me. This is amazing. Thank
0: you. Man, what an awesome episode with Darius. Darius is just such a good friend, such a good man, stepping out to really use his platform, use his skills, use the talent that God has placed in him and and developed over time to bring glory to his name. Darius, thanks so much, man, for coming on the show. But most importantly, thanks so much for being a great example of what it looks like to be a grown man. If you want to keep in touch with us, make sure you don't miss a podcast episode or any of the other resources we're developing. And in fact, we got something cooking around this idea of community, around men being able to really lean into community and connect with other men that are pursuing God in powerful ways. We'd love to stay in touch with you and keep you in the loop on uh, the stuff that we're developing here with Grown Man. So if you would go to Grown Man Project. Dot com Right there from the homepage, you can get signed up for the email newsletter. And as of now, that's the best way for us to stay in touch with you and keep you in the loop on the stuff that we're working on. Again, that's grownmanproject.com. Thanks as always for listening, and we'll talk to you next week.